sometimes we have to not view God as if he's human. That he's not reacting like other humans have in our lives. That he's, he's not like anyone else we've ever, ever met. And so don't, we don't want to project a relationship that we have with, a, with, a, with just a human. That there, it's something more. It's something different. It's something greater. It's something uh, beyond the natural. And so it has to be revealed spiritually to us. We need, we need a spiritual encounter to have uh, an understanding and a revelation uh, of who Jesus is. And, a revel- and Jesus leads us to perfect relationship with, with Father God. And the Holy Spirit's the one dwelling in us, drawing us unto Him. So I want us to, I want us to we're going to continue on in We Are Still in Our Holy Spirit series. Um, and today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and worship. So I want you to open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start in Ephesians 5. And we've just had a great time of worship in song uh, to be in God's presence. So what a wonderful intro that is uh, to talk a little bit about Holy Spirit and His role in worship and releasing worship in our lives and hearts and in our community, in our body, as a body of believers. So Ephesians 5, and we're going to start in verse 18. Ephesians 5 and 18. Holy Spirit, we invite you to reveal and open the word to us as we read it. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Or yours might say spiritual songs or spirit songs. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going we're gonna to stop there. We're going to go to several other scriptures today. We're going we're gonna to dig in a little bit. So if you'd like to take notes, you might want to write some of these scriptures down for, uh, for, for your own reference. Um, but in Ephesians 5, we get a fascinating passage right here that's right after it says... All this is going on. Your life is going to change. You're not darkness. You're now light. Kind of, we read some of that last week, and this this is kind of the end of that, near the end of that section. And and Paul says, "Hey, don't get drunk on wine." In other words, hey, being drunk is a substitute for the fullness of the Spirit. So yeah, it's not good. Of course it's wrong because it's not what God intended for us to be. God intended us for, uh, for us to be full, but to be full of the Holy Spirit. And so out of the fullness of the Spirit, what happens? Worship. If you're full of the Spirit, you will be drawn to worship the Lord. Now, if we're commanded to be full of the Spirit, that means we cannot be full of the Spirit, right? Right? Now, I'm not talking about, here's what I'm not saying, just to clear it up right now. I am not saying that God leaves you, that the Holy Spirit leaves your life. I am not saying that you're suddenly not a follower of Jesus if you're not full of the Holy Spirit. But here's the reality, and people have said it before, is we need to be continually filled with the Spirit. And that's the sense here, is you need to continue to be filled 
with the Holy Spirit. We like to have like one-time transactions with God, right? We like to like, let's just get it the one and done, man. Just go straight to the Super Bowl championship, all in with, you know, whatever. And God says, look, I'm, I'm going for the whole career here. <laughs> I'm going for the whole life. I'm not going for just, it's not just about a moment. Yes, I'm going to do amazing things in the moment, but I want you to be full all your life. I want you to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the fullness of the Spirit always releases worship to God. So when you find your life, not, you find yourself, there's not much worship of God going on in my life. What do I need? I need to be filled. I need to be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, once I am filled, leads me to speak. Leads me to declare, he leads me to sing. He leads, leads me to declare truth, always giving thanks. He leads me to thanksgiving to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, verse 16 and 17. This is another scripture you can write down. It will be on the screen. It says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, um, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through, look how you're teaching and admonishing one another through wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit by, the word should be by, by singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. A life of the Spirit is a life of worship. It's not, just a, it's not just a, I do this during the Sunday morning service thing. That's good. I mean, there, obviously, we value that. We take a really long time to worship. I mean, we take as long to worship as sometimes entire churches fit everything in. Silly videos and announcements and all kinds of stuff and messages and like one and done in an hour. And I'm not speaking out against that. I, you need to do what each church is called to do what God calls them to do. But we obviously value worship in song, but we don't want to value it just for an hour on Sunday. I don't want to value worshiping the Lord that it's just like a it's just like a religious transaction because then I'm living in the Old Testament. That's the that's the old covenant. The new covenant is life with the spirit of God where I have a relationship with God, where like like Sharon was saying, where there's where there's a reality of who Jesus is flowing into my life. On a daily basis, on an hourly basis, I'm being filled. And when I'm filled with God, what happens? What happens when you have an encounter? When you have an encounter, if you're watching The Chosen, what happens? Your heart is drawn to say, Lord, I love you. Oh, I worship you. You're, you're amazed at God. What happens when you're amazed? That's worship. You don't have to say anything. It doesn't have to be a word. You can just be like, oh. You're amazing, but you don't have to say you're amazing because it's, it's coming from your heart. What does Paul say? You're, you, he says some interesting things here. He says we're supposed to sing to, we get to sing to one another. How does, how does that work? I don't know. <laughs> you wake up to your spouse and say, Jesus is Lord. I might do it tomorrow. <laughs> At 5.45 a.m. (laughs) 
What is that one proverb that says, he who awakens his neighbor early with a blessing will take it as a curse or something like that? <laughs> he who awakens his spouse early with worship singing in their face is not going to receive it. So, uh, but here, here's, what I, here, here's the idea I get from this. My worship is not just for me. My worship is not just about me. I understand, especially in the American church, and I know I harp on this all the time, uh, but we've become consumers of religious experiences. I mean, it's even on the radio station. You've got a whole radio station just worship. I don't want to name it, but it's like, oh, come, you know, you know you need your worship to get you through the day. And it's like, okay, it's like it's this commodity that you, you just like, I go to the, the worship pill jar, you know, and I shake it up and go, how many am I supposed to take today? It's Monday. Like, a lot. <laughs> okay, it's Monday, so we need extra. <laughs> I'm going to take my worship pill this morning by listening to this worship song. <laughs> And so we, we turn it into like a religious transaction when it's meant to be a life lived of love towards God. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, you worship. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, there's a song in your heart. Maybe you can't sing, and that's fine. Not everybody can sing, but everyone can sing in their heart. Where there's a song in your heart, you're like, some of you are like, I wish you would just sing in your heart, right? <laughs> No, no. The Bible says make a joyful noise. It doesn't say make a perfect noise. It doesn't say make a beautiful noise. It says make a joyful noise. Isn't that good? Uh, aren't you glad uh, when you sing off key um, that it, it doesn't matter? It's the heart. And that's what Paul's saying. Look, be filled with the Spirit and you're going to worship. You're going to worship God. I mean, think about it. When the, when the church, when the people of God were first filled with the Holy Spirit, what happened? You can talk to me. Right, they started speaking in other languages, and we call it speaking in tongues, right? Speaking in other languages, and what did everybody hear? They heard worship. They heard people declaring the praises of God in their own language. We don't know whether it was a miracle of hearing or a miracle of speaking or a combination. Were they really speaking all those languages? Were they just speaking in like a spirit language and everybody heard it different? We don't know all those details, but we know they heard worship. So when the church was first filled with the Holy Spirit, their first response was worship by the Spirit. And that's the thing we have to understand. We have to understand that true worship can only happen by the Holy Spirit, by my relationship with Him, by allowing Him to flow through me. It may start, it starts with a decision. Because how does my relationship with Holy Spirit start? I have to choose to be in a relationship with Him. I have to choose to surrender to Him. Worship always begins with surrender. Because I have to lay down Myself, my, my, my whole life. I know I've told this story before, but I'd like to tell it again. So, you can't stop me. Um, <laughs> I guess you could try. Um, and I still remember when I was, when I was like in seventh grade, sixth and seventh grade. It's like 11 or 12 years old. 
And well, if I was 12, well, anyway, I was that young. And I, I, I remember being in a, in a church gathering and I was like, I've never really lifted my hands to the Lord before. But I was like, I want to. I want to, I, I felt like, I, yeah, I want to do this. I, I mean, I want to do this for, for, for Jesus. But my first thought was, what are my parents going to think? I'm serious. I was old enough at that point where I didn't sit with my parents at church. You know, you get to that age. Sometimes in youth group, you don't want to do that. I'm not saying, I, I'm thankful that lots of us do sit with our parents here. But that was the thing back then in the 80s, I guess. I don't know. But so I'm sitting, you know, we're sitting separately. And I'm near the front. My parents are more near the back because they're like, you know, not super spiritual for all you back row people. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time. That's not true. That's not true. So for whatever reason, I'm in the front, but I'm thinking, I know they're behind me, and I'm wondering what they're going to think, which is a ridiculous thought. I mean, is it not? First of all, to let you know, my, my dad is a pastor. Uh, he grew up, and, you know, and he, then he was a Bible college teacher. Uh, my mom loved Jesus uh, almost her whole life, was one of the sweetest people you'd ever meet. And uh, I can't imagine, wh- why would they be disappointed? They'd probably be thrilled. But my first thought was, what are they going to think? Are they watching me? Because when you, when you worship the Lord, whether it's in a public setting or a private setting, there's always going to be a voice that says, hey, what is, that? What is somebody going to think? It might even be, hey, what's God going to think of you? Like where we have that, like, are you, have you not noticed the way you've been living this week? Have you not noticed what you just said to your kids or your best friend or your spouse? You said a cuss word. And now you're going to try to worship God? I mean, there's these thoughts that come into us because worship is a spiritual act. And so our own flesh and the enemy, anybody who's involved on the side of the enemy and his minions, are going to resist anyone who wants to worship Jesus. I mean, it's the whole reason the devil fell out of heaven, right? He was kicked out of heaven because he didn't want everyone to give all the glory to God. He wanted some of it for himself. I mean, the original sin was not worshiping God and wanting worship for himself. And so there's always an act of surrender when you worship God because you have to put down your flesh. You have to, but you have to make a decision. You have, to, you, have to, you have to surrender something in order to worship God, whether that's personally, whether that's privately, or whether that's in a big gathering with a bunch of other people. You have to sacrifice your own, maybe even dignity or what everybody's going to think. Just a newsflash for you on Sunday mornings. For anybody who's having those, those thoughts while we worship in song on Sunday morning, everybody else is thinking that, so they're not looking at you. No one else is going, oh, wow, I'm going to use you, Jerry. No one else is going, oh, man, I wonder, I wonder what Jerry's thinking about what I'm doing right now. Jerry's not thinking about you. Not in a bad way. He's thinking about Jesus. Tommy's not wondering over, he's not looking around over there and going, I wonder what Terry's doing on the other side over there. (laughs) 
But aren't those the thoughts we think? We think we're, we're battling. There's a battle going on that says, if I do this for God, and God continuously leads you, He leads you to give a sacrifice of praise. He wants it to cost you something. I know I'm spitting, son. I'm sorry. I got informed last week that, you know, when you sit on the front row, you have to like, it's like a splash zone up here. So just, we're going to put that there, like a little sea world thing, you know, splash zone. (laughs) Where were we? (laughs) Whenever we're worshiping the Lord, there's, there's there's a battle going on because it's a battle for our hearts. But the one who wins the victory is the, fo- the Holy Spirit who comes and fills us and says, no, we're going to worship Jesus. We're going to give him glory. We're going to give him everything we can give him. And your body, your emotions, your feelings, your reputation, everything has to bow to Jesus. Your dignity has to bow to Jesus. Your fear of what other people think has to bow at the feet of Jesus. You know, Jesus had this encounter, and I talked about it several weeks ago, in John chapter 4. And he comes to the woman at the well, and they start having this conversation, and then it, it goes to worship. And Jesus says in verse 23, Yet a time is coming... And has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must. Notice the word must. This is like a 100% requirement. They must worship in the spirit and in truth. Worship by nature is spiritual. Worship also brings redemption full circle. What do I mean by that? You're like, that's interesting. (laughs) What I mean by this, when you become a child of the King of Kings, when you give your heart to Jesus and make Him your Lord and Savior, you're saved. Who does the work of ministering the work of salvation in our hearts? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in our life and makes us new. So there's a part of the circle where God from heaven comes to to earth right into my life. And I'm changed. I'm renewed. I'm made a new person. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm now a saint. I'm a child of God. The Holy Spirit within me says, I want to complete the circle. So now the Holy Spirit is the one that leads me to begin to offer up praise to God and the circle. So the Holy Spirit is the one bringing down from heaven to earth, but he's also the one bringing from earth to heaven. And so there's the circle of worship. Part of worship, of course, is that we worship God for what he has done. Worship is for who God is and what he has done. They're both Valid reasons to worship God. He is worthy of praise just in himself and his nature. But he's also worthy of praise because he has done it all. That Jesus is worthy. In Revelation 4, we get a great picture of worship. I'm going to turn there in my Bible. If you want to turn there, you can. Revelation chapter 4, it says this, After this, 
I looked. This is, this is the John, the, the disciple, the apostle of Jesus. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had fir- first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I'll show you what must take place after this. At once, I was in the Spirit. And there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. In other words, he was super beautiful and shiny. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. I mean, he's like, he hardly knows what he's seen. He just says, this is the best I can do to describe this. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peal of thunder in front of the throne seven lamps were blazing these are the sevenfold spirits of God. these are the seven spirits of god or the sevenfold spirit of god also in front of the throne there was what looked like a sea of glass clear as crystal in the center around the throne were four living creatures they were covered with eyes in front and in back the first was like a lion the second was like an ox the third had a face like a man the fourth was like a flying eagle each of the four living creatures had six wings was covered with eyes all around even under its wings day and night they never stopped saying holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is and is to come whenever the living creatures give glory honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne And who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne. And worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne. Even whatever the best thing that God gives us. We surrender it to him. It has to bow down and worship to him. And they say you're worthy our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. You know, and then verse uh, chapter five, excuse me, goes into you know where there's a, a scroll that has to be open and no one can open until Jesus shows up, and then everybody guess what happens in heaven? Everybody just goes crazy for Jesus. It's like this, um, you know, this amazing, spontaneous, uh, totally unforced, totally from the heart worship is drawn because that's what worship is meant to be. It's not forced. If God wanted to force worship, he already already would have done it. Because true worship has to involve love. He's He's not a dictator. He's not just looking. It's not, God doesn't need our worship. Like, you know, there's some, we need, we need things, right? This is another way we have to realize God doesn't, he doesn't need anything. Like, he's never like, man, I'm just really feeling down today. <laughs> man, I wish Dave would sing a little bit. <laughs> I wish, I would, if, if only Dave would sing, then I would feel better. It's like, we sometimes just, we relate to God like he's a human being. I mean, and I'm just throwing that out to just try to break, uh, you know, things in our mind that maybe can hinder us. But, you know, it's not like God doesn't need our worship. He wants it. But you'll notice what happens at the start. It says, John says, at once I was in the spirit and there was a throne. Whenever you get in the spirit, there's always the throne right there. What do I mean by that? 
whenever you're in the Spirit, there's always, you're being drawn to worship the Lord. You're being drawn to, to bow before Him. You're being drawn to take whatever good thing you have, your crown, and say, I'm going to throw it down at your feet. It, it doesn't even matter. I mean, can you think of all the amazing good things that God's given you? But worship is this. It's nothing compared to you. I'm just going to lay it down. It doesn't matter if I have it or not, God, if I can just have you, if I can just be close to you, if I can just be in your presence, if I can just honor you, if I can just, if I can just sing your praises. It doesn't matter. Just you. So we can be in the Spirit. We can also be out of the Spirit or not in the Spirit. Do you know what it means to be in the Spirit? Some of us, need to, we need to learn. We need to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit to know what it means. It's not just a, a religious transaction. Some of us have, have you know, it, it's so easy. It's like Sharon was saying earlier. She just said, you know, sometimes we just sing the words because they're there. Maybe we just sing the words on Tuesday because we're playing the music and we just... Uh, you know, we're, we're just saying things, but we're not, we're not in the spirit. We're not, we're not engaging in what's going on in the spirit realm where there's, there's this battle for worship all the time. I mean, why do you think the devil hates you so much? Because God loves you and he's invited you into his presence to do what he will never be allowed to do again. So sometimes we need to practice though. You need a you need a practice Worshiping, just like, you know, you, when you first come to Jesus, you usually don't just read the whole Bible the first day. Some people have done that. Some people just get in and they just like, they're just, I can't get enough. And that's good. But you have to develop a relationship with God. You have to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You have to begin to talk to Him. You have to begin to listen to Him. You have to have communication with Him because He's the one that's going to unlock what it means to be in the Spirit. All throughout the Scripture, I mean, think about the book of Galatians. It says, if you walk by the Spirit or in the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. In other words, when you're in the Spirit, you will never sin. That's what it means. If you walk by the Spirit, it's actually the Greek there is, it's impossible for you to gratify the desires of the flesh. It's not, it's not possible. So being in the Spirit happens what? Only in a relationship with Holy Spirit. We have to cultivate that relationship with Him. I have to invite Him to continue to fill me and to, Holy Spirit, I need you to fill me. Invite Him to fill you every day. Why not? Invite him to fill you once in the morning, once in noon, once in the afternoon. 
Sometimes it takes a little bit of intentionality and discipline to develop a relationship. Practice worshiping and singing and loving God on your own. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 15. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. He was contrasting between praying in tongues or praying in a spiritual language and praying in your native language. He's, but he also says there's also singing in an unknown language, in your spiritual language, and singing in the language that you know. But you have to practice it. I mean, doesn't that make sense here in Ephesians 5 where he says, hey, sing, there's something in your heart that comes out. There's a spiritual song. What, what, is the spirit, what is the Spirit singing in your heart? What is He stirring up in your life towards the Lord, towards Jesus? What is He moving you to? Let that out sometimes. But you're going to have to practice doing it. And when you practice doing it, when we all gather together, we've already been practicing all week. It's supposed to be an expression of like, we come together, we've, we've flipped it upside down to where it's like, oh, if we can just get enough on Sunday, I can make it through the week. But what if it was turned around where we were getting so much during the week that Sunday was an expression of celebration of what God has already done throughout the week and what He's done in our lives, His relationship with us, His love has been poured out. That I'm not coming to get, I'm coming to give. And then somebody else next to me receives my spiritual song. My expression and love for God can build somebody else up. My spiritual song is, is being sung to another life. Because worship was meant not for me to be satisfied just in myself personally. It was meant to draw everyone unto Jesus. And so my worship life becomes contagious. My heart and desire for God becomes contagious. My hunger for God becomes contagious because I've developed a relationship with the Spirit of God and He is always longing for more of honor and glory to come to Jesus. For those of you that have spiritual language, you have received your spiritual language, you can pray in the Spirit. Hey, practice singing and worshiping God in the Spirit. Back in the day, it used to happen a lot, right, Ronnie? Some of y'all who are beyond my age. <laughs> I just find a way to say that creatively every week, right? <clears throat> you know, I was at a worship conference, I remember one time. Uh, it was right when my wife and I got married. Remember that one? Yeah, so this is 2004. Uh, we had just been married, what, a few weeks before? And we went to this worship conference there was a very well-known worship leader uh, that was on the platform, and he was uh, leading worship. And something, something changed in the whole room. Just everybody began to just sing. They, they just began to sing. On their, it was no longer, the, the platform was no longer leading the congregation. Everybody was together in worship. 
and they begin, we begin to sing in the Spirit. We were singing in, in tongues. And some people maybe were singing in their native language, whatever. But it began, there began to be just an offering, a spontaneous offering of worship to God because worship by its nature has to come from us. I can't, I can't borrow somebody else's worship. And like we've, we've almost been trained in our church culture to take someone else's worship and that's enough. We got, this guy wrote an awesome song and I'm just going to... I just received from this awesome song. Oh my. And God's like, that was awesome. I'm glad that guy released that song and it's going to help everybody. It's going to help everybody be drawn into my presence. But the goal is this, where your spirit joined to the Holy Spirit begins to offer your song. Your song to him. He wants your song, not somebody else's. That's worship. When it's your song, when it's your heart, when it's your, when it's your love, when when you you are moved. Maybe you're not emotional about it. You don't have to be emotional. Be be who you are. If you are emotional, be emotional. <laughs> but let your heart, your innermost self, be moved for Jesus. Because he's worth it. He's worthy. That's what that means. When we sing he's worthy, we're saying you are worth what I'm giving you. You are worth what I can offer you. You are worth everything that anybody in all creation can release to you. So I encourage you to practice. That's your homework assignment if you're shy you need to get by yourself for those of us that have a bunch of kids in the house i know that's a challenge okay maybe maybe it's the shower maybe the shower is not the place for you whatever um whatever place that is release something from your heart Maybe you can't sing. Just say it. <laughs> like, I'm not a singer. Fine. It says, sing and make music in your heart. Whatever that means. <laughs> Let your heart sing a song to the Lord. Do something spontaneous. I mean, that's the nature of worship. Part of the nature of worship is that it's in the moment. I mean, you think about, you think about Mary in the moment with Jesus where she, she takes the jar, this, this jar of perfume that was worth a whole year's wages. That's a lot of money. Let's just say it's like $60,000, okay? Maybe like a mid-range average salary or something. I don't know what that is in Midland, but most of you probably make more than that. But like $60,000 item. And she breaks it and pours it all out on the feet of Jesus. And you know, the religious spirit always says, 
We could have done something really godly with that. We could have, we could have fed a lot of starving people. And she did, she wasted it. And Jesus says, no. No. This will be told forever. <laughs> what she did about me will be passed on for every generation. And here we are talking about it. Fulfilling Jesus' words. What was Jesus saying? I'm worth it. Now, if God's just human, then those words are like, get over yourself, man. But because he's not, he's right. You're worth it. My offering of whatever I can give of value of my life is worth breaking open and saying, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, you're, you're, you're the one my heart desires. So let's, let's stand. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over us. I want you to... I'm, gonna pr- I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray first for those that say, I don't, I don't think I've ever experienced this being in the Spirit thing. I don't know what you're talking about. I just want to pray for you. and just, We're just going to invite the Lord to reveal that to you. I don't know if this is going to be right now or next month or whatever but just you're just laying that we're putting it in his hand his hands and say okay god you do this in my heart you you release this in me thank you lord and the other thing i want to pray is just if if you've been hindered by anything if you you if you battle thoughts whenever you try to just have that personal relationship with God. I just want to pray over that as well. Just so just if that's you, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray right now. If that's you, just put your hand on your heart or open your hands, whatever response you want to make to the Lord. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for an openness of what it means to experience the reality of being in the Holy Spirit and being full of the Spirit for those that desire that here this morning. I'm not looking around. I don't know who's putting their hands on their heart, who's putting their hands on their head, whatever it is. Sometimes we have to lay down the thinker and let our heart respond to God. So Holy Spirit, teach us. We thank you, Lord, that you are, Holy Spirit, you are the one who comes alongside us and says, let me show you. Let me show you how to worship. Let me show you how to extravagantly pour your love onto Jesus. And Lord, for anyone who's facing a hindrance in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just break those barriers, whatever that, if it's thoughts, if it's the work of the enemy, if it's our past that rears up every time and says, what, you did this, we break that in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus, that your blood is enough to cover my sin, to cover all the stupid things I did this past week. We are trusting you that we have free access to the very presence of God by the blood of Jesus. And Lord, help us, help us grow in this, just for all of us, that we would, do, we would just grow in our expression of love and worship and honor and surrender to you. Lord, help us grow. Let us learn what it, what it means to walk in the Spirit more fully. Let, it, let us learn what it means to be filled. If you, 
We, we just need to be freshly filled. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Holy Spirit, come fill us. Not just right now, God. Not just for a prayer on Sunday. We need to be filled with your Spirit daily, God. Maybe hourly. Holy Spirit, help us remember. Remember to ask. Because the Lord said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be given open to you. I pray that you would unlock the spirit of worship in, our, in all of us as people. That we might know you better. That we might honor you more fully with what you deserve, Lord. That we might be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. We might offer our lives as worship, but we're not conformed to the pattern of this world. We're different. We've been transformed by the renewing of our minds. And now our mind submits to the Spirit of God and says, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is worthy. We humble ourselves before you, Lord, and we thank you. Thank you for allowing our worship to be contagious. God, that it's going to be something that builds somebody else up. That it's going to, we're going to be speaking to one another with our lives. That my life is going to speak to someone else. And they're going to be built up. Lord, that my life can be a spirit song unto you. It's a spiritual song that releases the fragrance of longing for Jesus. You said we release a fragrance in, in Corinthians, God. That we, we're releasing a fragrance. And we want to reach, release a fragrance that draws people to life. To life in you. And so we thank you for that. Holy Spirit, thank you for teaching us and leading us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, uh, our leaders will be available. If you have never given your heart to Jesus, then you need to do that today. If you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I want what you're talking about. Jesus is the way in. Surrendering your life to Him. Uh, men, at, we'll have a meeting here in just a few minutes. So if you want to fellowship for a minute and then come up, we'll try to touch base on a retreat this weekend.